new series starts today. The series is called Flipped. And the whole idea of the series is all through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see people that have an encounter with Jesus and their lives get flipped, right? They get changed. And it's because of uh, who Jesus is and how he interacts in their life. And so it's not just them that experience that. We experience that too. And so uh, we're going to be looking at these Bible characters, but we're also, over the next few weeks, and even after this series is over, we're going to keep doing this for a few weeks, um, we're going to have some people that are going to come and share their story of how their life was flipped when Jesus came in and showed them something or changed them. And so our first one, bravest human on the planet, um, is Emma Bourne. And so Emma's going to come and share. Yeah. Hi, my name is Emma Bourne. I go to McClure Middle School in seventh grade. I'm currently playing soccer and singing for my school. I'm not as outgoing as most people, but I enjoy doing things with friends. I started getting bullied early on in life. Just little things would mess up my days. It began to get worse and worse, and I prayed a lot, and I still was confused. One morning at church, we started talking about bullying and how God helps. As I was listening, I felt something. I felt hope and a spark of love and energy. I knew what I had to do. At the end of class, I went up to my leader and said, I want to give my heart and life to God. Me and her said the prayer, and ever since, I felt a sign of relief and love. Every night I pray and talk to God in Christ. I'm getting closer and closer to God so fast. The more I do for God, the more I learn. In the future, I hope to learn more and teach others. Thank you all for taking the time to learn about God. Always remember he's here. Very good. Very good. Every time she shares it, she's better. That was the best one by far. Good job, Emma. Um, so it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Like when you hear somebody tell their story, uh, almost every time I hear somebody's story, I go, oh, I have that in my story, right? And um, there's something that Mike Lynch says sometimes from the stage, and it's, it's the weirdest, truest statement. It's what is most personal is most universal. So the thing that you think, I'm the only one who feels this way, probably lots of people feel, feel that way. And I love uh, in that song we were just listening to where it says um, that when we come into God's presence, a hundred billion failures disappear. And, and all those things that we think, oh man, I, I messed up, this is, I'm, I'm no good. God doesn't want us to carry those around. And that's what we're going to be talking about a lot today. Because we're talking about one of my favorite characters in the New Testament and it's not just because of the song, all right? But it's Zacchaeus. And some of you, the song's already in your head, isn't it? You're singing it. And, uh, and you can't help it. And now I've ruined your day because you're going to be singing it all day. You're going to be going home. Your parents are going to be like, are you humming something? And you're like, no, I'm not. Uh, I hate Chris. Um, and so, but uh, Zacchaeus is a great character and uh, so we're going to look at the passage that tells his story, and then uh, we're going to break it down a little bit and see how it applies to us. So I need a couple of readers. I need a first reader who is, there's one hand right there, my first reader. Here we go. Jesus entered Jeshua and passed and was passing through a man who was the name Zacchaeus. He was a 
chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was because he was so short he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Okay, so this is the whole description of Zacchaeus. He's a tax collector, he's wealthy, and he's short. That's all we know about him. And I, I think it's interesting uh, there's one more thing, and I, I forgot this first hour, but there's one more thing we know about him. People didn't like him. Because here's the deal. If people like you, and, and there's a crowd, and they know you're the short guy, they're going to let you go to the front, right? But they don't. He has to climb up a tree. And, and I think, this is the gospel according to Chris. I mean, it doesn't say this, but just knowing people, sometimes we see these Bible characters and they're kind of two-dimensional, right? They feel just like a flat thing, like, like the song, you know? We sing, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he, right? And that's all we know, all we sing is that he was short and that's all we think about. But here's, here's the thing that, that you need to understand. At one point, Zacchaeus was a middle schooler. He, he was, at one point, he was 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, and he was short. And some of you know that makes you a target sometimes, right? People make fun of you. People, people pick on you. If they can have one thing to pick on, they, they'll find it, and they'll pick on it, right? And middle schoolers are the best at that. There's a, a comedian that, that Casey and I like named John Mulaney, and John Mulaney said the people he's most scared of in the world are middle schoolers because they can find that one thing that you're sensitive about and just tear you up, right? And you guys, some of you know this because you've done it, and some of you know this because you've experienced it, and some of you have had both, right? And so I believe that's probably why we find Zacchaeus being a chief tax collector and wealthy, so chief tax collector means that he's collecting taxes for Rome, but the way the tax system worked, he could skim off the top whatever he wanted. He had a base tax that he had to pay for, to Rome, but he could charge you more and keep the extra, right? So the fact that he's wealthy means that's probably what he's doing a lot of, right? He's overcharging people and keeping the money. And probably the reason, I'm just guessing, I mean, I'm getting into Zacchaeus' brain case here, but Zacchaeus, I, I think you feel like probably the reason he's taking all that money is because, hey, you treated me bad, you made fun of me in middle school, now I got the power, and I'm going to take from you everything I can. Right? Because we do that. When we, when we get picked on by someone and then we have the power, there's a tendency to want to get them back, right? And I feel like that's probably where Zacchaeus is in this story, that he's lived in this community, he's this short guy that got made fun of, and now he's paying them back. And everybody, no one calls him short to his face anymore. They probably still do, because it made it in the story. But they don't call him to his face, now they do it behind his back, right? Because now he's got the power. So pass it on, somebody else. Let somebody else read. Who else wants to read? <laughs> he didn't even have his hand up. Why are you doing that? I know he's your brother. That was mean. 
Who wants to read? There we go. Whoa. All right. Jaden, you broke it. It's okay. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Hold on. Hold on. Let me fix it. Let me fix it for you. You broke it. Why? Jaden. Jaden broke it. Jaden, Benjamin, Brian, you broke it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Complete calling you out. All right. Here we go. Read. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the great, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Yeah, he's going to be the guest of a sinner. Have you ever, if you've ever been picked on or like been the, the object of people messing with you, it, it's weird because sometimes people want to be nice, but you have a tendency to go to not immediately trust that, right? So you think they're going to pick on you too. And I feel like that's probably what happens right here. Like Zacchaeus is up in the tree and then Jesus points at him and Zacchaeus is like, oh, no, Jesus is going to make fun of me too, right? I, I feel like there's probably that moment, because I've felt that before, right, where, where you've been harassed or you've been made fun of, and then somebody else comes along, and they point at you or they start to come to you, and you're like, they're going to make fun of me too. But then I love that moment, though. How cool is it when you think that's going to happen and the opposite happens? Instead, they say something so amazing to you, like they give you a compliment, they, they say something, they invite you to a party, they do something that's so positive, and that's what Jesus does. He points at Zacchaeus, and, and Zacchaeus probably has that moment of, oh no. And then Jesus says, come down. I'm going to your house. I'm here just for you. You're the one I'm here for. How cool would that be? Zacchaeus has climbed a tree to see the superstar Jesus, and then Jesus, who he doesn't even know, says, Zacchaeus, come on, I'm going to your house. You're the one I came here for. How awesome would that feel? Like, that would just be, and then, but then, I love then, the next thing that happens is what? The people around go, he's going to be with a sinner. They're running Zacchaeus down, even at the moment that Jesus accepts him. Even at the moment where Jesus says, I'm coming to your house, they start trying to run Zacchaeus down again. Pass it on. Pass it on to somebody else to read. Here we go. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Time out real quick. I love this, and I didn't point this out first hour, but I want to make sure you guys see it. I love that when they make fun of him and they say, look, Zacchaeus is a sinner. Jesus is going to a sinner's house. Zacchaeus doesn't go, shut up. Jesus can do what he wants. I'm going to raise all your taxes. He doesn't do that. He doesn't fight that battle. Instead, he turns to Jesus, his new friend. He turns to the positive, and he says, look, I'll give all, I'll give back, I'm going to give back everything I've stolen. I'm going to give it back four times as much. He doesn't worry about what those people are saying. And then I love what happens next. Read the rest. Read the rest. 
Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So I love this. Think about this. Think about that phrase. He says, he says, Jesus, it says, Jesus said to him, so we think the him is Zacchaeus, right? But then look at the way it's phrased. Today salvation has come to this house because this man, right? Two is a son of Abraham. So when I when I come and talk to Lexi, I don't go, Lex, I don't go, this woman to her, right? Like if we were the only two people in the room, this woman is a child of Abraham. That would be weird. That's weird talk. Jesus isn't a weirdo, right? So why do you think he says it like that? Why does he say this man, why does he say it? What? He's talking to God. I think even bigger than that, that's a big one, right? But I think he's taking up for Zacchaeus in front of all these people. Zacchaeus is the one who people make fun of, and Jesus is standing up for him. How cool does that feel when, when somebody stands up for you, right? When you, you, you're being made fun of, you're being singled out, and somebody steps in and says, shut up, leave him alone, right? You don't know anything about this guy. And, and, and all of a sudden, I, you know, I feel like in Zacchaeus' heart, he's already flipped, right? He's already changed just because Jesus called him down out of the tree. But now Zacchaeus is full on. I would love to know what the rest of Zacchaeus' life looked like because I bet it was epic. I bet he really showed people who Jesus was in his actions. I, I mean, I'm getting that vibe just from the beginning. I, I picture Zacchaeus as a, a smart aleck, rude, kind of snarky guy, and then all of a sudden Jesus is there, and he's like, I'm giving everything back. So look, for us, so many times, we let people decide who we are and how we're going to be. And, and we do it from both ends. Some, sometimes we do it like some of you, you're like, I've got to get straight A's, I've got to be the best person on my sports team, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And you have this standard that you've set for yourself to live up to. And every time you fall short of that standard, you begin to think that people don't like you, people don't respect you, people don't care about you. And, and your, your self-esteem, your, your knowledge of yourself is tied up into living up to that standard. And some of you are at the other end. You're so worried. You feel so, like, flawed and worthless, that you're so scared that someone's going to notice you, or someone's going to, you're going to, you're going to stand out, or, or you're going to be, someone's going to, going to make fun of you, because if you step up, like, like, you know, if you come up front of, in front of people and share your story, that somebody's going to then make fun of you for that, and so you won't do it, because you're afraid. Because you've let people decide who you are. Not God. You've let people decide. And look, look at your sheet there. When we let people decide, we need to know some things about what people are going to do with us. First, look, people do not always judge us fairly. In fact, I would say they very rarely judge us fairly. And the reason why is because we judge other people. We judge unfairly, right? 
We judge other people on their actions. We judge ourselves on our, ourselves on our intentions. That's why when we do something wrong, we say, I didn't mean to hurt you. I didn't mean to make you mad, as if that changes everything. But when someone says that to us, like if someone hurts my feelings, and I tell them, and they say, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, I don't then go, oh, well, that makes it okay, right? No, I say, well, you did, right? I, I want them to feel bad about it, right? I, I, and so it's not their intention that I, I want to judge. It's their action. It's just like, and the worst place for me with that is in the car, right? Because other drivers are idiots, almost all of them, right? Like I'm driving the other day, driving. I've got to make a left turn on Chastain. Got to make a left turn. There's a guy making a right turn. We got a green light, right? So he has the right of way. He's making a right turn. He stops and sits there and starts honking and signaling for me to turn left. He's got the right of way. If he would just turn, I would already have been across the road. But no, he's sitting there honking for me to go. It's not my turn, it's his turn. So finally, I do it. He pulls in behind me. We're driving down the road. And then I go to make a right turn, green light. I make my right turn. He stops. There's people making a left turn. He's sitting there honking and waving at them. What an idiot. He doesn't understand the rules of the road. Now, I don't know anything about this guy, except that he's an idiot, right? But here's the deal. I'm judging him on his actions. Maybe he just came from a Bible study where they talked about the last will be first and the first will be last. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to make a, make a promise that every opportunity I have, I'm going to let other people go ahead of me. And sure, he's breaking traffic laws, but he, his intent is to live a godly life. I don't know that. I doubt it. He's probably just really an idiot. But <laughs> he could have been doing that. That might have been his intent. And, and I don't know. But I'm judging him unfairly, and we, that's what we do. That's what people do. Look at the next one there. People look at our flaws, right? And they pick that one thing, right, that one thing that we're sensitive about, that one thing that freaks us out about ourselves, that one embarrassing moment that we had. I had a friend in middle school who ripped his pants at school one day, not because his pants were too tight, not anything like that. He got him hooked. We had shop class. He got him hooked on a tool, and it ripped part of his pants in the back. People made fun of him for the rest of the semester and probably the rest of the year, right? And it, and it wasn't his fault. He didn't do anything wrong. But it would be like, it was like people who didn't even know him would be like, hey, hey, get some new pants. What? Like, what is that? That's not even funny, right? But, but it became this thing, and he was real sensitive about it. It embarrassed him, right? And people can do that. And then the last one there, people can be cruel, right? And some of you, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean to you, but some of you are cruel. You're cruel. And by that I mean you take pleasure in someone else's pain. When you see them, I'm not saying everybody, some of you are not cruel. But some of you are cruel, and you don't mean to be. You're not trying to be cruel. You're making a joke, Right? But a joke that hurts someone else is cruel. A joke that mocks someone else's shortcoming is cruel. 
And, and everyone around you might be laughing. Even the person you're making the joke about might be laughing. But if you're making fun of something that they're sensitive about, that's cruel. People are cruel. They can be. This can lead to bitterness, fear, anger, frustration, right? Bitterness, fear, anger, and frustration. I think those are things that we, we pile on. And they, and they come out of us at the weirdest times, right? Because usually, if we're angry because somebody at school or somebody that we know is giving us a hard time, the people that we take it out on are most often not the, that person. It's like our parents, right? Or our friends, or our siblings. Those are who we get mad at, and who we yell at, and who we slam doors on, right? And they're not the ones who set that up, but we have to let it out somewhere, and we're not going to let it out at the people who are doing it because we're scared of them, because we're fearful, right? But Jesus doesn't want us to live like that. And I think that's how Zacchaeus is living at the beginning of this story. But then Jesus comes in and he says, I'm with you. I want to go to your house. I want to be a part of your life. And it flips Zacchaeus. And Jesus wants to flip all those things <coughs> and take them out of our life. And that doesn't mean that we won't ever feel bad. That doesn't mean that we won't ever have fear or bitterness or, or any of those things. But it means that we need to take, uh, understand that Jesus is different than people, right? Jesus doesn't, he doesn't judge us unfairly. He judges us fairly. But even though he sees what we've done and understands who we are, he loves us anyway. Jesus knows what our flaws are. He knows all the things about you that you hate. And he loves you anyway. Right? And people can be cruel. They can get enjoyment by hurting you. Jesus never enjoys your pain. That's not what he's about. And I know some of you are like, but Chris, I, there's so many messed up things in my life. You don't know how messed up I am. You don't know the things that I've done. You don't know the things that I continue to do. I, I've got a lot of sin in my life. I've got a lot of trouble. And that's the same accusation that people were making about Zacchaeus. Isn't that funny? The same thing that for some of you is separating you from God, the fact that you have messed up stuff in your life, that you have sin in your life, is the same accusation that the people made about Zacchaeus. And Jesus, I believe, would say the same thing about you that he said about Zacchaeus. That you are a child of Abraham. You are his child. And he wants salvation to come to you. And, and I believe that when that happens, we should react the way Zacchaeus did in that we look at the things we've done and instead of saying, i got to fix these things so that Jesus will love me, we say, Jesus loves me, so I want to fix some things in my life because he cares about me and I want to be his child. I want to, I want to represent him in all I do. So look at that last thing. Jesus isn't looking for perfection. He doesn't, he doesn't expect you to be perfect for him to come into your life. He's looking for passion. He wants you to care about him above what other people think. He wants you to, to love him above 
those things, those sins in your life that, that keep holding you down. Right? All right. So let me pray for you guys, and that's, that's going to be a wrap for this week. Lord, come to you today, Lord, knowing that there are kids in this room who are on one side or the other of this. Maybe, maybe they are, they feel like in their life, kind of like Emma's testimony, they're bullied, they feel like people pile on to them all the time, they feel left out and lost and alone, and Lord, I just pray for them that you will come into their presence, that you will point them out this morning and say, I've come to be with you, and that they will know that because of your death and your burial, your resurrection, because you love them, that you, they are your child. And they're never alone. And they're never outnumbered. And you're always on their side. And Lord, I pray for the ones who maybe they're the, the flip side. Maybe they're the people in Jericho that, that are always pointing out the flaws in other people. And Lord, I pray that you will soften their heart, Lord, that you will focus them on you. And Lord, that they will be like Zacchaeus. They will want to pay back four times everything they've taken from other people. Whether it be uh, making fun of people or, or giving people a hard time, whatever it is, Lord, that they will try, they will, not because you require them to pay back before you'll love them, but because you love them and you, they want to pay you back. They want to do the best they can. Lord, thank you uh, for all you're doing and thank you for the example of Zacchaeus. And thank you that someone who was short and overlooked can show us how much you love us. Lord, thank you for all you're doing in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen.